You're sitting on the couch watching TV and then crash. That dead branch finally fell, but that isn't how you were planning on putting in that skylight. Now you realize you waited a bit too long to cut it down. With the recent market crash, you might be thinking the same thing about your retirement accounts. You'd been thinking about meeting with a financial advisor, but life got in the way. Now that the market is creating a lot of unwanted skylights, maybe it's time to meet with a financial advisor. Zach Gray and his team at Wall Street Financial Group are here to help you get back on track. Call today to set up your visit with the Wall Street Financial Group team, 815-918-4185. That's 815-918-4185. Get started on your plan today. Even healthy branches can come down during a storm, 815-918-4185. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through Wall Street Financial Group and or AE Wealth Management, LLC. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. joining us today. This is Journey Through Retirement with Zach Gray. I am Jen Rezac. Happy to be here alongside the author of the book, The Retirement Roadmap. Zach Gray is an investment advisor representative and a partner in Wall Street Financial Group. And today, Zach, we're going to talk about, well, something I didn't think we'd ever really talk about as it relates to a financial show, but that is the widespread of a disease having an impact on the markets. I mean, you think about, Mm -hmm. do you remember that movie Outbreak? Didn't it have Dustin Hoffman in it back in the 90s? Do you remember that movie? I've seen it. I've seen it. It's been a few years, but yeah, I think it is a 90s flick. Yeah, I I remember that one. And um, I, I don't think there were any scenes in that movie where they talked about what happened to the stock market while they were dealing with that outbreak. I, I, it was an Ebola outbreak, right? So it was a little bit different. Right. But yeah, I, I don't think they talked about the, the markets. And of course, what we have, what we've been seeing and what we saw in the markets not too long ago with the spread of the coronavirus, clearly not, uh, we're not going to call it an outbreak. We don't want to incite any type of panic. But the reality is something as crazy as the spread of a disease has a, a big impact on our money, not just on our health. That's what we started to see. Talk about how something like a, a coronavirus incident can cause so much turmoil in the markets. This coronavirus has just been, it's its just been the headline, it seems like week in, week out. You yeah. know, I catch yeah. the the morning news or the evening news. And boy, it's just right back there at the top of the show. And it just doesn't seem to go away. And it might be, you know, another country that's getting impacted. We, we just recently saw that with Italy, you know, and, and that kind of was this breaking news that led to the biggest down day that we've seen in a couple years, Jen. I mean, it's been years since we've seen the type of downturn that we saw uh, just recently, you know, with this coronavirus. So, bad, bad day in the market. And, you know, how that, you know, continues to play out is something that we'll have to keep our eye on, but it is turmoil in the market. And and here's the thing. I don't necessarily know that it's just this coronavirus that's necessarily the concern about people being missed from working in the workforce. What I think is, is this is a domino effect, right? It's one of those things where if, if everyone's on quarantine, they can't go out and, in shop the way that they they would. You know, Apple just came out a few weeks ago with a report that said, hey, I, I think in China, 
we're going to see things down 40 or 50 percent from sales expectations. Well, that's a big, big deal, right, Jen? So yeah, I think yeah. as we start to think about the dominoes falling here and, and kind of the repercussions, that's where I see the big problem. Yeah. Well, and I just think it's interesting to talk about how the markets can react negatively to something that seems to have nothing to do with the markets. There there are just all sorts of outside factors that we just can't see coming. And I think that's a big part of our message today, right? Why do the markets react to these things that don't seem to have anything to do with money? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. And I think you know, I've, I've said that actually for almost a few years now, right? Is that if you look at solely the data or at solely things that we think would be a big pressing concern to the market, I don't necessarily know that you can only make the decision on that these days. You got to be thinking about the emotion of the market. And that's this wild card that, you know, I've been in this business for about 15 years now. And I don't know that we've seen it as much until very recently that we have to start to account for that emotion. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple, oh, I guess almost a month ago now, you know, we had this impeachment concern, right? And um, not to get political in any way, shape or form, but that week, you know, there was a lot of, of companies reporting. There was a lot of data that was getting reported out as far as housing and, and economic numbers, as far as, you know, how that might look on really a U.S. scale, but even how that impacts things on a global basis. And though most of that data showed to be very promising, showed to be very good, there was a lot of cloud over the market that week to say, how's this going to be affected by things like, for example, an impeachment, or in our case that we're talking about here in this first section, coronavirus, right? And, And there was just this hesitancy to say, typically, this is the way that we would trade because of this data. And now all of a sudden we've got these emotions that are a bit mixed. And and I think you're seeing an emotionally driven market. We're also talking here in the midst of an election year, Jen. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's something that's kind of a wild card too, right? Yeah. There there are just so many things that can have an impact. So let's talk a little bit about what we should be doing. If we start to see some of these bumps, I mean, there there was a day that we saw more than a thousand point drop in a, in a single day in, in the markets because of what was happening over fears of over the spread of this disease. What should we be doing when we start to see some major volatility like that? Well, I think the hope is, is that we've done some planning up to that point And I hope that we've done that consistently for our clients. And I hope that those that are listening to us today, Jen, that they've done some planning as well. And and if they haven't, you know, we'll we'll invite folks to come on into the office and, and sit through our financial roadmap process. But when you think about the fact that we have been running on this awesome bull run, right? The longest bull run that we've ever seen in United States history. This is also something that while we didn't necessarily see the coronavirus coming, you know, for the last 12 or 18 months, we've been having some really serious conversations with our clients to say, hey, the market's at this very high point. Do we want to tighten the belts a little bit? And, and keep in mind, Jen, we are working with folks that are typically getting close to the retirement date, or maybe they're already in retirement. And so typically that sector that we work with is kind of in this retirement red zone, we like to call it. And they do want to be maybe a little bit more conservative. You know, hopefully over time, 
they've grown those assets very well. And now it's to a point where we have to be more strategic about how we handle those funds. And, and risk is just one of those things, taxes and et cetera, all of that plays into it. But I think risk is the big one. So we have to start to answer how much do we want to have in something that's a little bit more protected, right? Something that's a little more safe, if you will. How much do we want to have that's something that's a little bit more what we call conservative growth, right? So we know it can get a little better return and it could go down as well, just a little bit. And how much would be more opportunistic, you know, where we would turn the dial up a little bit when it comes to risk. And we have to start to understand that that's a very foundational comment. But I think that people have to really be looking at that. And if they haven't already, hopefully some of this recent volatility gets them to be very serious about that. And I'm near and dear to that. You know, my family is really blue collar. I grew up in a very blue collar environment. You know, my grandparents, you know, both had things that, uh, you know, kind of hit them hard in their early retirement years. And the market was just one of them, right? It was right around the turn of the century. And the markets had done really, really good for a decade. And then all of a sudden, you know, we really got hit hard with this tech burst. Obviously, 2008 followed not too long after that. So as you start to think about historically how this has looked, hey, they had a really good run during the 90s. Hey, Jen, we've had a really good run here recently. Mm. And then we're at a point where we are seeing some volatility. And I just would hope that folks have thought about that. And once again, because of that blue collar background, we take that very, very seriously. And if someone wants to better understand how much risk they're taking, by all means, pick the phone up and give us a call. 815-918-4185 is the number. Uh, Mary on my team will be the one that you're in touch with. She'll get you on my calendar and, and we'll make sure to sit down and understand what is your plan for retirement. Make sure that the risk that you're taking matches where you want to be with those things. And I think at the end of the day, the hope is that we've got a, a really good plan, You know, one of those that can really withstand some ups and downs of the market. 815-918-4185 is the number. Give us a call, 815-918-4185. Talking today with Zach Gray. He is the author of the book, The Retirement Roadmap. I am Jen Rezac alongside. So Zach, let's say someone comes in to see you. They've been following the headlines. They're a little bit worried about what's happening in the markets. They're watching some of these situations all over the world and worried about how those could potentially impact their investments in the markets. Maybe they're just worried about the election and, and all the, the uncertainty that comes with an election year. What is that meeting like? Take us through your process and, and what do you do to help calm someone's concerns over all these things that seem to be firing up all over the place? Well, there is a lot going on right now, and obviously that can lead to volatility in the market. And And I do think that we're at an interesting point, as you just said, we've we've gotten to a very high point as far as market performance. We obviously have some wild cards, including the election, including this coronavirus that we've been talking about, and many other things You know, past that. But I would say that just stepping through that process is very simple. If someone's out there listening to us today, Jen, and is kind of questioning what that would look like, it really is nothing more than a visit at first. It's just to kind of get to know that person's story. And, and there's no obligation to do business with us. There's no catch or cost to it. We really do enjoy sitting down with folks and, and really starting to uncover some ways that maybe we can help. And that visits the first step. So we just want to kind of get together, 
get to know each other, kind of a discovery visit as we like to call it, and understand what someone's idea of retirement looks like and what their dreams and goals are and really what plan they might have already put together. And then from there, let's see if we can maybe tweak that existing plan. And if someone has no plan at all, by all means, it's, it's a great place to start. We'll step you through income and make sure that you feel very good about how that cash flow is going to look in your retirement years. We'll talk a lot about investments because, to be quite frank, it's one of those places we're going to get the income from. We'll even talk about taxes and some ways to hold on to some more of your hard-earned money that you've put together over the years. And we'll, we'll finish up with talking about longevity and making sure that you, you don't run out of money before you run out of life and making sure that you've thought about some estate planning measures as well. But I, I tend to think that you know those four components of that financial roadmap, they might sound a little daunting, but we take care of all the work. All you have to do is, like I say, pick up the phone and give us a call. We'll step you through that process and it's just a great way to make sure that you have a plan in place. And it is a very low pressure environment here, Jen. So I want to put those fears to rest. Coming up next, we'll hear from an expert at Johns Hopkins about what baby boomers can do to protect themselves from COVID-19. Tips on how to start from the inside and boost your immune system through good nutrition. That's coming up next when Journey Through Retirement with Zach Gray continues. When was the last time you set an alarm clock for Saturday morning? Ah, Saturday. But wait, in two days, it'll be Monday. Your alarm goes off and it's back to the grind. What if every day could feel like a Saturday? Retirement can feel like that, but you should start making plans today. Zach Gray and the team at Wall Street Financial Group are your everyday can be Saturday retirement professionals. They can help you make plans to have the income you need to retire and stay retired. Imagine waking up every morning without an alarm. Is it Saturday? It sure feels like Saturday. If that's the kind of retirement you want, call your Everyday Can Be Saturday advisor, Zach Gray, right now at 815-918-4185. He'll help you put together a retirement roadmap so you can have that Saturday feeling every day of the week. Call 815-918-4185. That's 815-918-4185. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through Wall Street Financial Group and or AE Wealth Management, LLC. Thanks for joining us today on Journey Through Retirement with Zach Gray. Today, we have the opportunity to speak with an expert from Johns Hopkins about what baby boomers need to know about the COVID-19 pandemic. I am Jen Rizak here with Dr. Alicia Arbaje. She is the Director of Transitional Care Research at Johns Hopkins. She specializes in geriatric medicine, and she's also studied public health and designing healthcare systems. Dr. Arbaje, thanks for speaking with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Let's start with this, Dr. Arbahi. The numbers are staggering, both in the numbers of cases and in the death toll. Johns Hopkins actually has a coronavirus dashboard with the latest numbers, and you can find that at coronavirus.jhu.edu. Talk about why those numbers are growing so quickly and how much worse do you think this is going to get? Yeah, the numbers are really staggering. I think one of the reasons we're seeing the numbers going up is because we now have the availability of more testing kits. And the more testing we can do, the more we can find out who really has this condition. And before, when there was less kits available, we didn't really have as good of an idea as to um, 
how many people were already infected. So I think that's one of the main reasons why the numbers are going up. And I think the second reason is because there really are also more infections. It's not just that we're identifying them. And we are still, uh, we haven't reached the peak of the number of people that we think are going to be infected. And so I think we're looking at another good, I would say, three or more weeks of seeing when we reach this peak. It could be longer. Um, I don't think it'll be shorter because there are still parts of the country that haven't really um, started to see a lot of cases yet, though that's changing day by day. So I like to stay optimistic, but I do like to also stay realistic and think that we're looking at at least several more weeks before we start to see the full number of people that are really dealing with this illness. Let's back up for just a moment, Dr. Arbahi. When did you first start paying attention to coronavirus as someone who specializes in the health of older people? When did this really pop up on your radar? Yeah, so I think like many people, I was starting to hear about this uh, in the wintertime, like around December, Mm -hmm. and becoming very concerned about um, what was happening uh, in Asia uh, around this and thinking about personally whether to start restricting travel um, and so on and so forth. And then I think it really started to hit me um, more around like late January, early February, that this was looking to be pretty serious, especially starting to see what was happening in Italy, um, which still to this day is mind boggling what we're seeing there. Um, and that is what concerns me now as we start to move into um, seeing the peak starting to occur or moving towards that peak here in the United States. I was doing a hospital rotation back um, in the beginning of March, and then it really hit me that um, we needed to make some major changes in the way we were taking care of patients, both outside in primary care and outpatient care and in the hospital setting. And that's when things really became uh, very clear. And where we as a health system um, really started taking um, major action to try to improve things. And I think we're seeing that across the country as well. What's given you the most concern during this pandemic? When you think about the, the health of older people, is it that it's pulmonary? Is it the way it's transmitted? What gives you the most concern about what's going on with coronavirus? I think a couple of things. One is sort of on the medical biological side and the other is on the social side. I think on the biological side, what really concerns me is how transmissible this virus is. It's much more transmissible than the influenza virus. And I think at first we thought that maybe they were similar. Um, It's not quite as transmissible as some of the most uh, efficiently transmissible viruses like measles, which is highly, highly contagious, but it's pretty close in terms of um, how easily it spreads. So I think that concerns me. And I think the fact that it has it like rapidly someone who gets infected who's um who's very vulnerable uh they are rapidly declining so it's not just like oh maybe in a couple weeks you might get worse it's like over the matter of days um where people like five days where people are starting to get hospitalized and you know and shortly thereafter in the intensive care unit so i think the fact that it's so virulent meaning like so pathogenic so likely to create really serious complications in people pretty early on I think is concerning. And then the other part of the biological side is that for people who are vulnerable and getting serious illness, we don't know a lot about this yet, but it looks like this virus 
also creates some pretty serious damage to the lungs for people that do survive it. So we are going to need to learn a lot more about the long-term adverse consequences. And then I mentioned the social side. I think um, the things that concern me most in this aspect is that I think early on, a lot of people weren't taking it very seriously. And, um, and partly because we didn't know a lot about it. Um, and partly because I think we were getting conflicting information, I think, in the media around um, and, and frankly, from our, our uh, public health authorities about how serious to take this virus. And I think now I think that's not the case anymore. I hope it's not. Um, but I think that delay in taking this virus seriously um, put us as a nation and us um, just individually, I think, at more risk uh, because we did not um, ramp up testing as quickly as we had hoped. So that concerns me. And the final thing that concerns me on the social side is that for our most vulnerable people, our older adults, and for others who have um, social isolation or limited resources, this is a virus that creating social isolation is key, but we don't have a lot of the safety nets. Many communities don't have the safety nets in place to help deal with uh, providing needed services to these people in isolation. So like our older adults, like our homeless population, like people in rural population and rural communities, we need to really test uh, how well we can deliver services to these vulnerable groups. Let's talk a little bit about what some of those vulnerable groups, people who are seniors, for example, Mm -hmm. what can they do to keep themselves safe? So what I tell anyone, especially those uh, of my patients who are older, and most of my patients are over 65, many are over 80, is that the best defense against this virus or any other uh, infection is to maintain yourself healthy. So healthy aging is your best defense. And what do I mean by that? Remember, our immune system is what really is at the front lines here and dealing with anything that comes our way. And the way to best um, improve your immune system is to keep yourself healthy through physical activity of any kind, even if it's up and down your stairs now that you can't easily get out of your house um, or walking around your neighborhood, that could be, but exercise is key. And then I think people really need, this is what I'm advising, really as best they can need to strive for nutritional excellence. And I don't mean just like, well, let's eat a few more fruits and vegetables. I mean nutritional excellence, which is at least 10 or 12 servings of fruits and vegetables daily, if they can, right? I know that's hard, um, can be frozen, can be, uh, can be fresh. But really fruits and vegetables, it's not just like, oh, they're good for you. They're actually critical for your immune system. Vitamin C um, and other vitamins that are con- and micronutrients contained in fruits and vegetables. So really thinking about doubling or tripling your fruit and vegetable intake, and that may not even be enough. So I really want to emphasize the need to increase fruits and vegetables. Um, And then to avoid foods that debilitate the immune system. So um, in particular, foods like eggs and dairy are highly debilitating to the immune system. They're phlegm producing, they're inflammatory foods. And for people, especially who have chronic illness, these are not foods that provide um, nutrition um, in a way that's uh, beneficial to folks who have chronic illness. So I really encourage people uh, staying away from those foods. I know it's a hard time right now to get the foods that you may want, um, but to the extent that people are able to move towards plant-based foods and especially fruits and vegetables. I also tell people to maintain their hydration. It turns out that dehydration is one of the top five most common reasons why older adults end up in the hospital just in general. Um, And then viral illnesses dehydrate you because they cause fever. 
So maintaining hydration. So just like the fruits and vegetables, um, drink more than you think you need to drink. And it turns out that fruits and vegetables, especially when consumed in their raw form, really help with hydration because they contain a lot of uh, water inside of them. So really maintaining your hydration. And then the final thing on staying healthy is, so that was all the biological and the physical part, but then remember we've been talking about the social aspect. To make sure they're staying connected, folks are staying connected with their social networks, even if it's in a distanced way uh, through technology or telephones, um, because that helps. We know that good social connection enhances our resilience and our immune system. Talk a little bit about some of the seniors who still have to work. Maybe someone acts as a caregiver for their grandchildren. Talk Mm -hmm. a little bit about what those folks need to know if isolating themselves is more of a challenge. So I think a couple of things. One is specific to this pandemic and then the other sort of general good advice. So I'll start with the general. The general good advice for anyone at risk or taking care of, of someone who's at risk is to take the moment now to prepare an emergency information kit and contingency plans for if they got sick. What do I mean by that? So an emergency information kit are the list of all your health conditions, the medications you take, who your healthcare providers are, and importantly, who your healthcare decision makers are if you're not able to make decisions because you're too sick. So also if there are preferred hospitals or skilled nursing facilities where if you needed to go, you could go um, to have a list of uh, those as well. So I think it's really important for people to always have that updated now um, is even more than ever. So that's kind of the more care coordination side of things, um, because when you don't have that information in an emergency, more mistakes can take place. So specifically for the individuals now, I say if you have to get out there or if you're taking care of somebody um, who you're worried about might be at risk, I think that you should consider things that may make a lot of sense, like wearing a certain outfit just for work and changing out before coming home. Or if you're caring for someone, wearing a certain outfit like scrubs or something um, that's easily washable and changing out of those clothes before coming home or as soon as you get home. And then limiting the amount of jewelry that people are wearing that are not essential because, again, that's more stuff that you have to clean. Um, If you have Uh, longer hair that you can put up, I would put your hair up and cover it if possible. And then wearing glasses instead of contact lenses, um, because glasses provide a little bit of an extra shield. It's not 100%, obviously, but it decreases the need to like rub your eyes or touch your face and provide somewhat of a barrier. Um, And then keep in your car if you're going out, um, keep in your car, either some disinfecting wipes or just some paper towels with um, in a spray bottle of cleaning solution so that you can wipe down key surfaces of your car, you know, on the inside, like the steering wheel, et cetera. And once you get home to kind of just wipe down the area you just walked into. And then if people have access to gloves to keep those around um, for when they're in transit. Um, And then as soon as you get home, shower, change, if you haven't been able to do that before getting home um, and do that before going and seeing people. Now, I just want to be clear that these are recommendations that are sort of general. We don't really have a lot of clear guidance yet as to what we need to really do specific to this virus because we don't have enough information yet about this virus and how long it sits on surfaces. There are some early studies that are showing that the coronavirus can be detectable maybe even up to three hours in the air and definitely on surfaces. So up to 24 hours on cardboard and up to two to three days on plastic and stainless steel. 
So what does that mean? It means that even if you uh, do all these things I've just been saying, that you want to make sure you uh, clean and disinfect common surfaces in your home often. Dr. Abahi, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure, and I hope we can talk to you again one day, but maybe not too soon. Maybe maybe this will blow over. (laughs) I hope so, too, but I'm happy to be available and to talk about these really important topics and to honor our older adults coronavirus.jhu.edu is where you can find Johns Hopkins coronavirus dashboard on the pandemic. A lot of resources are on that site, including the answers to frequently asked questions and coronavirus myths versus facts. Journey through retirement with Zach Gray continues after this. Dr. Alicia Arbaugh and Johns Hopkins are not affiliated You've with and do not endorse the firm and or advisor hosting this show. Retirement. Zach and his team at Wall Street Financial Group know that in retirement, it's about more than just the money. It's about your total financial health. There We're are many financial advisors to choose from, but how many of them take a holistic approach to retirement planning? Zach Gray and the Wall Street Financial Group team have helped hundreds of people plan retirement. They want to be your ally for the rest of your life. No more guessing with Wall Street Financial Group. You'll have a plan and an advisor Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through Wall Street Financial Group and or AE Wealth Management, LLC. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Thanks for joining us today. This is Journey Through Retirement with Zach Gray. I am Jen Rezac, alongside the author of the book, The Retirement Roadmap. Zach Gray is an investment advisor representative and a partner in Wall Street Financial Group. WallStreetFinancialGroup.org is the website if you'd like to learn a little bit more. Zach, the guardrails on a bridge are there for a reason. They keep you from going over the edge. And you feel better knowing they're in place. You can cross the bridge with more confidence when you know there is something to keep you from falling. And Zach, have you experienced something like this somewhere where maybe you were on a trip or something and you got up high and you realized, I'm really glad these guardrails are here. (laughs) Yeah. I, um, you know, you mentioned trip and I was looking ahead just kind of at our notes here for today's show. Uh, you ever been to Hawaii or ever heard of this road to Hana? I think it's Hana. Yeah, I, I've, it's on Maui. I've been there. I have yeah. been on the road to Hana. That's a crazy Pretty road. Pretty spooky, isn't it? Right? Yeah. That, uh, and I'm glad that they do have, uh, though I don't see those guardrails as being very uh, sturdy. From what I remember, we were cruising in a van, uh, of all things, being <laughs> driven by a taxi driver in a van. And uh, I'm thinking to myself, number one, he should slow down. And number two, <laughs> those guardrails don't look that safe. Was it just me or do you remember this from, from your trip? Yeah, it, it looked a little rustic to me. And there were a few times when I was wishing that, that we had a little bit more of a guardrail. But you know what? The other thing I wish there was a shoulder. It, it just seemed like you got to the edge of the road and then it was just trees all the way down to the ocean. <laughs> yes. 
Yes, that's I remember that as well. And I think that, you know, I'm sure glad the guardrails were in place. I mean, yeah. that goes without saying. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things where it was a spooky trip. It was right. cool, though. It was neat. Yeah, it was neat. I enjoyed it. Well, and it's one of those things uh, where sometimes the guardrail isn't even all that big, but it just makes you feel better when there when there is a little bit of something in place. You know, I mean, that that's kind of how how I feel anyway, even if it's not really going to stop my vehicle from going over the edge. If there's a little bit of a barrier, I just feel more comfortable. And I think that's what people are looking for. How, how do you get that kind of confidence where there's a little bit of a barrier to keep you from tumbling over the edge with, with your retirement? Well, I think that, you know, that comes back to the idea of planning and we have to have that confidence in our retirement plan. We want to make sure that we've got these safety pieces in play, right? I mean, we've been using this analogy of the guardrail and I like that, you know, we want to make sure that things can't get too wild. And this is really foundational. I touched on it in the first section, but I would ask those listening to us today to understand, okay, we've got a lower risk type of the portfolio or piece of the portfolio. It can maybe get a good five, 6% rate of return. It just never loses. We call that kind of the protected piece of the pie. Mm -hmm. The next piece would be something conservative growth. And now all of a sudden, maybe we can double that number. Maybe we can get double digit returns, a dozen percent rate of return. Uh, but if things got really rough, we would lose some of that performance. We maybe lose eight, 10 or, you know, eight or 10% of the portfolio. And the final chunk of it would be a high risk piece of the puzzle. And hey, we're swinging for the fence here. Maybe we could hit a home run, but we also know that we could strike out, right? I mean, we could get a good 20% rate of return. Uh, we could also lose 20%, you know? So be thinking about that because I think that the guardrails for me and for what I really preach to our clients is to make sure that they're properly diversified, not only in terms of companies and pieces of the market, but just also in terms of risk, Jen. And that's what I think is important to make sure that we don't go off the edge, right? Or if some of our money's invested very aggressively, it might be having these ups and downs or it might be going off the cliff as far as returns, but at least we've got something that's put in a very safe environment to give us the cash flow that we need in retirement. And I think of that, that analogy of making sure that even if there's some of our portfolio that's really in the, the choppy waters, the ups and downs of, of the market, we've got to have something that's a little bit more protected. That allows us to have a lot of that peace of mind in our retirement years. Talking today with Zach Gray. He's an investment advisor representative and a partner in Wall Street Financial Group. He's the author of the Retirement Roadmap. I am Jen Rezac alongside Zach. How much of an impact can things like taxes have on our retirement savings? It's one thing to talk about volatility and the ups and the downs that could be happening with our money, but but what can taxes do to us? Well, it could take a really big bite out of your hard-earned money. That's for sure. I mean, I think that it's one of those silent uh, assassins. It's kind of like inflation. You know, it's one thing that you just you don't get to thinking about until you're drawing some of that money back out of the account, and all of a sudden, man, I didn't see that coming. You know all of a sudden the gross versus the net that actually ends up in your purse or hmm. to my wallet, that's a big change, right? I mean, yeah. even look at your, your paycheck, right? I mean, it's, it's pretty, 
pretty self-explanatory. And I think that as you start to think about that, when it comes to your investments, it's important to start to understand what type of tax you might be having to pay. And so here's another three categories for the listeners out there. Taxable investments, that would be something like a 1099 type of investment. I often say it's like a bank account, right? Mm. It's just, you know, you, you grow that money, you have to pay some capital gains on it. The next type is tax deferred investments. And that would be where we're, we're putting money in. We're maybe getting a little tax deduction when we put money into something like a traditional IRA or just a regular old 401k. But when we take that money out, we have to pay ordinary income on it. And then the third and final column or bucket I like to say is uh, looking at it from a perspective of tax-free or more tax-advantaged where we don't have to pay taxes on the growth of the money nor when we take the money back out of the bucket. And I think that that is no doubt my favorite bucket. But for many of those listening today, Jen, I would tend to guess that majority of their money is either taxable, like that bank account type bucket, Mm -hmm. or maybe just they had some after-tax investments. Uh, Or probably the biggest one is a tax deferred or like a 401k type of investment, both of which we're going to have to pay taxes on in the future. And I guess, Jen, let me ask you, do you think taxes might go up a little bit in the future or do you think they're going to go down? I think they'll go up more than more than down. I tend to agree with you. Right. right? I mean, it just you look at a lot of these things that are compounding over time, say United States debt and you know, even just, you know, some of the cash flows that we need for different organizations out there, you know, different uh, different, you know, pension uh, obligations that we've got as far as a government. I mean, there's the, the, it, we could go on and on here for, for a lot of these reasons, but I just think taxes might go up in the future. Of course, everyone wants to grow the money in those buckets over time too. So taxes, it can make, it, it can make a huge difference. Becoming more tax efficient is probably one of the number one reasons that we get to the end of a first visit and then folks decide, you know what? We should probably let Zach and his team run an income plan. Or we should let them look at our investments when it comes to risk and fees. And the third you know, piece of our puzzle, it's about tax efficiency. And if we can become a little bit more tax efficient, we can stretch that money significantly longer. And it doesn't even have to take into consideration any better performance, assuming that the returns are exactly the same. If you can win the tax battle, especially, Jen, if you're right and taxes go up, boy, you win the race and and you can put a lot more of your hard-earned money into your own pocketbook. And if that intrigues you, uh, by all means, pick the phone up and give us a call. 815-918-4185 is the number. Uh, Many of you listening out there might be just like me, grew up in a very blue-collar family, farm family. And and every dollar that that was earned is something that you want to make sure you squeeze the most out of. And I think that goes without saying for most of my clients, it's something we focus here at Wall Street Financial Group on. 815-918-4185 is the number. And if that intrigues you and you want to get a little bit more of your hard-earned money to work for you, give us a call. 815-918-4185. Zach Gray is with Wall Street Financial Group. I am Jen Rezac alongside wallstreetfinancialgroup.org is the website and that number one more time. 815 815- 918-4185. We'll be back after this. When was the last time you set an alarm clock for Saturday morning? 
Ah, Saturday. But wait, in two days, it'll be Monday. Your alarm goes off and it's back to the grind. What if every day could feel like a Saturday? Retirement can feel like that, but you should start making plans today. Zach Gray and the team at Wall Street Financial Group are your everyday can be Saturday retirement professionals. They can help you make plans to have the income you need to retire and stay retired. Imagine waking up every morning without an alarm. Is it Saturday? It sure feels like Saturday. If that's the kind of retirement you want, call your everyday can be Saturday advisor, Zach Gray, right now at 815-918-4185. He'll help you put together a retirement roadmap so you can have that Saturday feeling every day of the week. Call 815-918-4185. That's 815-918-4185. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through Wall Street Financial Group and or AE Wealth Management, LLC. Thanks for joining us today. This is Journey Through Retirement with Zach Gray. I am Jen Rizak alongside the author of the book, The Retirement Roadmap. Zach Gray is an investment advisor representative and a partner in Wall Street Financial Group. Now, you know a golf instructor can help you with your swing. A personal trainer can help you get on track with your fitness and nutrition goals. Or maybe this relates to you a little bit more. Think about the coaches and the tutors and the teachers who are helping your grandkids get better grades. Or or maybe they're helping your niece learn how to play the clarinet without everyone in the house needing earplugs. (laughs) There are people who can offer the same kind of guidance and coaching with your retirement. Zach, can you relate to that? Your kids, are they starting to get into Mm -hmm. any musical instruments or anything yet? Or are you still spared? Yeah, for sure. I I don't know. They might not be at the same level of instrumentation as what you might be experiencing with your kids. You got any (laughs) instruments in the house? Oh, yeah. We've got uh, my senior in high school plays violin. Her eighth grade sister plays the viola. And then my fourth grade son, uh, he will be starting an instrument next year. And I'll tell you, those strings instruments... Those are brutal when they're learning, and we absolutely have a tutor for our daughter on that. I can only imagine. I can. I remember back. I played the saxophone, and I didn't do it well by any <laughs> means. So uh, my my kids have been in a music class. My oldest daughter, uh, she's been in a music class really for all oh, since she was not even one. Yeah. And um, uh, we just started with our second. You know, so she didn't get to start quite as quickly, but about a year and a half old and she got to get involved. And it's more of beat on these drums that you, you know, bring <laughs> home and uh, shake the bell and, you know, got the shakers and so right. on and so forth. But that drum, it'll, it's, it, it'll, it'll get everyone in the house awake, yeah. including the babies. Let's yeah. just put it that way. Oh, no. So yeah, I can, I can attest to how this might play out with the instruments. Right. And and it's just the the point is there are things that we need some help learning how to do. And now now I will tell you real quickly, my younger daughter, she was very frustrated during one of her tutor lessons with her um, with her instructor on viola. And we got in the car and I said, "What what was that attitude all about?" And she said, "Well, I just get tired of her interrupting me and telling me what to do and correcting me. Like that's that's literally what I'm paying her to do. So I I sure hope she is. So Kristen didn't have the best attitude about working with an instructor or working with a tutor on her music. But the fact of the matter is, for a lot of us, 
we need a little help. We need someone who can give us some pointers on this stuff. So if we're talking about trying to get some some help with our retirement, what should we be looking for? What type of instructor or financial professional can help us get on track? Well, I think that one that is very holistic is one that you ought to be after. And I know that that's a general term or a broad term, but it's just to let the folks know out there that are listening is that we need to be working with someone that's looking at all pieces of the puzzle here, all facets of what we have. I often you know, say this a lot of different ways using a lot of different analogies, but that 30,000 foot view of all the things that you've got that is something that I think is really, really, really important. And you need to make sure that they're working together in a very good way. I mean, I think actually instruments might be a good example of this. I hadn't really thought of this analogy, but if you go to the local uh, say school and they're getting ready for their concert, mm. if everyone's warming up, it might sound like nails on a chalkboard, right? Yeah, it's, it's bad. Uh, it's you bad. Got, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. You got the strings and then you got you know, the other, the other instruments and the drums, they're banging away. And you just got all these different things that are trying to, to warm up and it just sounds horrible. But by the time you can get someone to stand up there on the podium and get everything working in unison, a lot of times that can be a great sounding, uh, just collaborative effort. And, and I think that there's a lot to be said about that when it comes to financial planning. I never use that analogy, Jen, but I love it. You know, it's, yeah. I think the same thing. It's, We've joked around about, you know, the kitchen drawer of all these different things we've got stuffed in here. And now the question is, well, what can we do to make sure that all these things come together nicely? You know, and and I think that it's something that's very important for folks to start to figure out how can I get all these pieces of the puzzle to work together? How can I get these instruments Mm -hmm. to sound good? So the first thing I would say, make sure someone's taking a look at everything. They're not just focusing on one little piece of the puzzle. And then secondly, uh, I would throw this out there is ask that question, you know, are you working with a fiduciary? And and there's a lot of nuances here to to say that when you think about a fiduciary, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're always working in that role, but it does at least give you this peace of mind to let you know that they should be putting the client's interest first. I think that should happen no matter what, Jen. But it is one of those things to say, hey, they've taken that step. They've taken that testing. They've really kind of taken that oath almost to say, hey, I'm going to put the interest of my clients first. And that's something that we're very proud of here at Wall Street Financial Group. Every advisor that anyone would be sitting down with, myself or anyone on my team, you know, we've taken that step. And it gives a reassurance to the client, but we also feel like it's the right thing to do. So, just keep that in mind as you're asking some of those questions and you need to be asking how that person's compensated and that might kind of go back to those first two. I hope that answers things for you a little bit there. No, it does. And it is such a good analogy when you think about all of those musicians up on the stage, they're all doing their own thing and they're all probably good at what they do, but when they aren't playing together it just sounds like a mess. So I think this is a great analogy for what you do in helping coordinate this. So it actually makes music instead of just sounds. Talk a little bit about, Zach, how we can reach you and how we can get started 
putting putting this together in a way that that works for us and isn't chaotic and and messy? Well, I think the first thing, you know, is just it's a pretty simple step. It's to reach out to us. Uh, you can find information on our website, wallstreetfinancialgroup.org, or simply picking the phone up and calling into the show today. It's 815-918-4185. And when you do call in, you're actually going to leave a message. You know, this show's running over a weekend and we're at home with our families, but Mary on my team, she's our director of first impressions, and she does a great job at that, making a great first impression for those that call on in. She's going to make sure that you're ready to go for that first visit. And, and it really is nothing more than a visit. It's a chance to get to know each other, to start to understand your goals for retirement, what you really want to get out of your retirement years. And then let's take a look at the plan that's out there. And is it something that's a, you know, a, an entire orchestra that's working together? The entire band is sounding great? Or is it something that's a little bit more the kitchen drawer of got a little of this, got a little of that? And let's figure out a way for things to start to come together the right way. You want to make a lot of those right decisions. Retirement is not a do-over situation. You want to make sure that you have that right. And that's what I will say is that I think that we do very good as a part of that financial roadmap process is making sure all those instruments play well together, make sure that we have a plan in place. And it's really as simple as giving us a call. 815-918-4185 is the number. 815-918-4185. Talking today with Zach Gray. He is the author of the book, The Retirement Roadmap. I am Jen Rezac alongside in the studio. We're talking about how we can get the right help. It's easy to figure out how to get help in so many areas of life. But when it comes to the person helping us with our retirement, Zach, what are some questions we should be asking to figure out if they're the right fit and if they focus on the things that we need help with. I do think that this goes back to that question about how someone gets compensated. I think that's a great question. And those listening out there should feel free to ask that question of who they're working with. Many people will even make the comment that I don't think that my advisor, you know, gets paid. I don't think that he has any fees, he or she. And I think that as they think about that answer, many times they realize, I, I doubt that this person's you know, working for charity, right? They're just not doing it for free. And, and we don't either. You know, that being said, I am very proud you know, to, to say that our fees are low. Are they the absolute lowest you would ever find? Probably not, but they are a far cry you know, from some of the commissions and loads and really high fees that you would find with other advisors. Zach, when should we be thinking about getting a second opinion on some of the things that we've done or maybe a second opinion on on what's been put together by by a different type of financial professional? What what's your advice on that? Well, I don't think that there's ever a problem with getting a second opinion. I think that it either proves that your plan is one that's fairly ironclad that's been well thought through or it might bring up some questions about that plan, or maybe there's a plan that's lacking, you know, in its entirety. We just had, you know, a couple come in not too long ago and her brother of all people is a financial advisor. And of course, I'm very respectful uh, of any other financial advisor or financial planner. And, you know, I, I, I knew for sure with it being her brother that she cared about him. I just wanted to help 
shine the light on some different ideas and some different thoughts. And once we really dove into it, to be very frank, uh, it looked as if he was only helping her try to grow some of the assets and was taking a little bit of risk with her IRA, but really hadn't looked at any of the other pieces of the puzzle. And that was a concern for a few different reasons of which we don't have time to share today. But I think it really opened her eyes. And, and ultimately, that, that couple ended up becoming clients of ours because we did look at things when it came to the income plan. We did make sure that we want to you know, get to a point where we never run out of money. We have that piece. We did look at their investments and said, okay, well, if you're going to have this account over here be the one that we're really growth focused on, then maybe we need to do something different with these accounts. We did look at taxes because that was something that had never been talked about before. And, and ultimately, we made sure that we looked at the longevity or the estate planning piece. And that's kind of a catch-all of a lot of things like long-term care and making sure that we don't run out of cash flows and just making sure that we make the most of it for the long haul. But those four components put together is really the only reason that that couple decided to become clients of ours. And, and of course, it has to be a good fit on our side of the table is just as much as it has to be for the clients. Uh, but we knew that we can make a big impact. And we know for a lot of folks that do call into the show, they might be a bit apprehensive. You know, we haven't really gotten a chance to know each other yet. And that's what that first visit's all about. Just getting to know each other, getting to understand someone's story, what they're looking for out of retirement. And then let's start to put that plan together. And we do pride ourselves on being very holistic. We do pride ourselves on being very cost effective. We do pride ourselves on looking at every piece of the pie and making sure that it all works together, that all those instruments sound very good when we can get them to work in unison. And the first step is just picking up the phone and giving us a shout. 815-918-4185 is the number. We would love to step you through that process. We'd love to make sure that your plan is a good one so that those years can be truly some of the best of someone's life in retirement. 815-918-4185 is the number. We look forward to visiting. You've been listening to Journey Through Retirement with Zach Gray. Remember that number, 815-918-4185. Be sure to tune in again next week for more insights from Zach. I'm Jen Rezac. We're glad you spent some time with us here today. We hope you have a great week. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through Wall Street Financial Group and or AE Wealth Management, LLC. Wall Street Financial Group, Inc. and AE Wealth Management are not affiliated companies. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. Wall Street Financial Group is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Wall Street Financial Group. This radio show is a paid placement.